everybody. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It is December 8th, 2021. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. And my only request of you today is to subscribe to our Rumble channel. Okay, there you go. Uh, we got a packed show for you today. It's a little all over the place. And we added video clips in the last second. And I have a feeling I'm going on the record right up top today that this is going to be one of the best shows one of the best, most complete programs we've ever done because not only are the topics good, not only am I caffeinated, I feel good, life's been good lately, I've got a couple big announcements coming, but also today, the Rubin Report team are all getting their reviews and they're being made aware of raises and bonuses. So the two gentlemen that are in this studio, they know their futures depend on what happens today because I could change the numbers. I could move a comma. I could move a period. Fire people all together. So everybody, we're on edge. You can feel it in here. A pin could drop. And I sense this is going to be the most perfect Rubin Report ever. The four topics today. First off, Elon Musk. You know Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, SpaceX, whole bunch of other stuff. Co-founder of PayPal. That's really what put him on the map originally. Uh, he was doing an interview with Wall Street Journal, and he just basically torched Joe Biden and just wrecked the entire build back better agenda and the whole freaking thing. So we got a couple of clips of him. It's just spectacular. Although I am wondering what's going on with his hair. We'll talk about that. Uh, second, uh, we talked about this yesterday. It was breaking just as we went live yesterday, but a federal judge has stopped Joe Biden's unconstitutional vaccine mandates for federal workers what happened a little bit after we did our live stream yesterday was Jen Psaki was asked about that and she, man, I don't like that woman. She's just terrible and basically said, we don't care what the courts say. So we could have a real constitutional battle here, which I'm in the mood for. Uh, and then Fauci has been all over uh, the media last day or two again. You know, they trot him out usually on Sundays, but he did a whole bunch of shows yesterday. And he's basically saying he doesn't care about individual choice that you better submit. And uh, I don't know if he's ever read the Constitution, but that's not how it works. And I'm going to fight you to the bitter end, Fraudchi. That's what I'm gonna call you for now on, Fraudchi. Uh, the third story is that a Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville, Virginia is gonna be melted and turned into some sort of social justice statue. You can only imagine how horrible that's gonna be. Uh, and we're gonna show you some video of what happened back in Charlottesville, Charlottesville which of course, led to so much of the nonsense we've been dealing with for the last couple of years and the way the media framed it and the lies about Trump very fine people on both sides and how Joe Biden actually launched his campaign with a lie. We're gonna show you video. We've got videotape. Uh, and then finally, you know, yesterday we ended the show with that really incredible video of the 92 year old Holocaust survivor who had survived Auschwitz uh, talking about sort of the creep of what happens in an authoritarian regime, how you dehumanize people you take away little things, don't sit on this bench, don't get on that bus, you can't go into that store. How it happens very slowly that Nazis and authoritarians and the, and the worst people who wanna do horrible things to others, they don't just appear overnight, right? Like it's a slow creep, much like what we've all been going through for the last two years. There's just been, it's, it's so different from two weeks to flatten the curve and herd immunity to now don't get on planes or trains if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask forever and everything else. 
Well, I saw a clip, uh, which is a couple years old, of Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan's show talking about that very psychological notion that how you move people, you move them slowly. So we're gonna show you that clip with a little bit, uh, just a 30 second uh, bite of the, the chat from the Holocaust survivor. And, and thank you guys, you know, I, I put that up yesterday and I didn't know how people were gonna feel about it uh, because it's obviously, it's quite heavy and I didn't feel that I had to do much analysis of it. We just sort of let it be there and then I asked that question at the end, you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, but a lot of people really did like that. It gets us a little bit out of just the day-to-day the -day political lunacy and, and sort of shows the bigger ideas that are going on here. So uh, that is the show today. And before I get to any of that, I wanna talk to you guys about Bonner Private Wine. People, I've got a bottle of Malbec in my hands right now. Do you have a hard time choosing the best Christmas wines to serve? You know that moment at the liquor store when you're standing in front of the display, going through your menu, trying to remember what your guests liked to drink last year? Make Christmas special, people, with the Extreme Altitude Wine from Bonner Private Wines. They are wines unlike anything you've ever tasted. Blackberry, leather, smoke, and a little dark cherry. Imagine pouring a glass for your Christmas dinner. Simply perfection. It's also healthier than other wines with 10 times more resveratrol and 90% less sugar. No dyes, no flavor additives. Bonner Private Wines are bringing these rare wines to Americans for the holiday season to enjoy with your family and friends or to give as a special gift that can't be found in stores. We busted open a couple bottles during Thanksgiving and I got a lot of compliments, I kid you not. Visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave and you'll get top quality extreme altitude wine for about half the price. No need for a promo code. Hurry, the shipping deadline for Christmas delivery is December 15th. Bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave. That's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave. And now back to me. All right, let's jump right into it. So Elon Musk was doing a talk with a Wall Street Journal reporter. We've got two separate clips here. And man, oh man, did he lay down some truth. Clip number one. You know, at some point, really what you're doing is capital allocation. So you're not, it's not money for personal expenditures. It's it, what you're doing is, is capital allocation. And it does not make sense to take uh, the, the job of capital allocation away from people who have demonstrated great skill in capital allocation and give it to uh, you know, an entity that has demonstrated very poor skill in, in capital allocation, which is the government. Uh, I mean, you can think of the government essentially uh, as a corporation in the limit. Uh, it, it is, it is a, the government is simply the biggest corporation with a monopoly on violence and, with, and where you have no recourse. Can so how much money do you want to give part? that entity? So basically what Elon's saying there is the government ain't good at much. We always give it more and more money, right? Every year it wants more of our tax money. It wants more control over us. But what does the government do really well? I mean, he's given you a sort of a lot of uh, libertarian 101 there. The quote was, government is simply the biggest corporation with the sole monopoly on violence, meaning Amazon is a corporation. They can't arrest you yet. Well, soon enough, they'll send drones to your house that'll just take you out or just blow you up. But one thing at a time here, you know what I mean? Um, but the government can basically say to you, hey, we want more of your money. We want 50% of what you earn. Oh, you're doing well. We're going to take more of your money. Oh, we see you've made a good investment. Well, we're gonna punish you for that, et cetera, et cetera. And then what are they doing with the money? Usually 
They're putting it into government programs that are usually just band-aids on other things that the government screwed up. So just think about it in your life. Like right now, as a citizen of the United States, or even think about it for our international viewers, whatever country you're in right now, I'll, I'll talk to the Canadians specifically, the Canadians who are up there who can no longer get on trains or planes or leave their country if they're unvaccinated. It's like, what is your government doing really well, right? It's making sure that you don't drive over a bridge to infect somebody with a disease you don't have. Uh, the government is constantly putting money into programs that end up keeping more people on welfare and turn it into a cyclical thing over generations and people don't get out of poverty because the government keeps them on the lowest possible sustainable level. Um, we all know all of this. And yet, if you listen to mainstream media and you listen to Democrat politicians, oh, if the rich only paid their fair share. Now, the rich pay most of the taxes. Everyone knows all that, but they just keep lying. It just never ends. But it's like, okay, if the rich only paid their fair share. So let's say the government had, I don't know, let's say the government had an extra 20 billion. Ah, you know what, I'm feeling generous this morning. It's the holiday season. Let's say the government had an extra trillion dollars. Trillion dollars. Now we know that $3.5 trillion equals zero, according to the Democrats, but let's say you just magically gave the government an extra trillion. Does anyone think anything would be better? Do you honestly think anything would be better? Would that do anything? On top of the fact that we don't even have any money in the first place. We run on massive deficits. So the issue with government is that government should be cut. We should be scaling back government. I'm sorry, a lot of people that have middle management, bureaucratic, nonsensical jobs should have to get other jobs, should have to figure out other things to do. We have to cut the federal government's budget. We should cut the Department of Education. We could go through a whole bunch of departments that could probably be cut. I would be, I would, right now, you just said to me, Dave, you're in charge. Cut everything by 20%. 25% across the board, cut everything. Everything, defense, the whole freaking thing. And guess what? What would happen is the government would be a little slimmer, a little trimmer. It would most likely operate better. And also this idea that the Democrats are always pushing, and it's partly with this Build Back Better thing, of you know everyone will have a guarantee for a job and you'll have government jobs. It's like, who wants a government job? Like a government job. Does that sound like what your dream is? The purpose of being a human is to find what your dream is, find what your passion is and go get it. Not just be part of the machine and give your life and your money and your existence and your passion and everything else to the machine. Man, no, it ain't. Well, Elon Musk went on and he specifically talked about Biden's Build Back Better agenda. All right, but oh, there's, there's some other good things in this bill that some would argue. I mean, the, a lot of money earmarked for R&D. Would, would you want to put that towards something? No. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to move on from the bill because I think we get what uh, you're saying on it. it. In, in general, we, we should just, we, we, if we don't cut government spending, I, something really bad's going to happen. This is crazy. Our, our spending is so far in excess of revenue, it, it's insane. Um, like you could zero out all billionaires in the, in the country. This is almost like anti-billionaire BS. Uh, well, uh, if, if you zeroed out all the billionaires, you still wouldn't solve the deficit. All right, there's, there's a lot there. Um, first off, I don't know exactly what's going on with his hair. I feel like I just have to address it. Something, but you know, he's going for that kid look. You real tight on the side, then you get the thing up above. Okay, fine, that's fine. Um, in essence, he's saying we don't have money for this stuff. You know, what he said there at the end, this thing about the billionaires, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, they're always attacking the billionaires. These people who create things, much like Elon Musk. Like, think how much more value Elon Musk has brought to the world than 
Elizabeth Warren, then Bernie Sanders, right? Like this guy is literally sending rockets into space. He's building underground tunnels here in Los Angeles to start, uh, to start you know, trains so that we can avoid traffic. The guy put a Tesla in space just for the hell of it. Uh, he's doing all of this stuff. If you've never driven in a Tesla, it's the coolest freaking thing ever. You feel like you're in the future. You feel like you're in one of those cars from Minority Report. Like the guy is doing so much. He does it within the confines of what the government allows. So if the government has, you know, uh, green tax credits, that helps him, he uses them, you know what I mean? But this, this idea that we should just demonize the billionaires, it's like, I would much rather live in a world that someone like Elon Musk was influencing public policy than a fake Indian like Elizabeth Warren or an old bitter socialist like Bernie Sanders. They've never created a job. They've never created anything. So we can demonize the billionaires all we want and we can talk about some level of taxing them a little bit more. Like we can talk about all of that stuff. I'm not even really for it. For me, like you can read it in my book. It's right over my shoulder. Like I believe in a flat tax and you could, you could allow the lowest people to pay nothing. And if you're at the top, you could pay a tiny bit more, but basically I'd have a system where 90% of us pay the same exact rate. We can discuss whether that's 17 or 21 or whatever, but like just cut everything. The government ain't good at jack shit. But the, the idea that we're just gonna demonize the hell out of the people who produce, who make things happen, who send cars into space, who do all of the cool stuff, who build tech, who build phones, but those are the bad guys. So I like seeing somebody uh, awake and, you know, not woke, but awake, right? Like he's really, he's saying, hey, just get out of our way. And by the way, this is a guy who puts his money where his mouth is. He took Tesla from the dystopian, uh, overreaching authoritarian state of California. And what did he do? He moved them to Texas. He moved them to Texas. And it, they're going to flourish there, obviously. And that's a beautiful thing. And Michael bought a Tesla yesterday. Can I say that? I can say that. Michael bought a Tesla. That's right. You want to work at the Rubin Report? I know you do. The performance model Y. Wow. Performance. I got to review this review with you. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, guys, call it climate change or just call it winter. It's cold out. Can you ever have enough socks in the winter? Not really, you can't. But instead of throwing a pack of crew socks into your cart, grab a few of these 100% American-made and patriotic socks. These socks are unlike any on the market and because of their special messaging, they'll surely put a spring in your step. The Let's Go Brandon message has united Americans in a way our current administration never imagined but it gets even better because of the production of these socks helps fund 1,200, that's 1,200 American jobs, not to be confused with China. So not only will these socks warm your feet, they'll also warm your heart. These socks are special and limited edition available for a short time, so pre-order now. If you wanna commemorate the reason for the Let's Go Brandon broken supply chain season, act now. These historical toe steppers are only available for a limited time, available for purchase now through the end of 2021. But once they are gone, they are gone for good. Let's celebrate Christmas in patriotic style and dance the night away. Snatch up these soft and cozy socks by going to blazesocks.com. That's blazesocks.com today. Merry Christmas, America. Where are my Blaze socks? They didn't send me a pair of Blaze socks. I want the Let's Go Branded socks. Okay, let's talk about Jen Psaki. You guys know I'm not a fan of Jen Psaki. And actually, speaking of Jen Psaki, if you wanna see the counterpart, the complete opposite of 
Jen Psaki, uh, my interview with Kaylee McInerney, who is the former White House press secretary under President Trump. Part one is out today and the full episode is already up at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, but in any event, Jen Psaki was asked about the federal judge who blocked Joe Biden's vaccine requirement for federal contractors, and here's what she said. Does White House have any reaction to a federal judge in Georgia's decision to block the administration from um, enforcing the um, COVID-19 mandate, uh, vaccine mandate for employees or federal contractors? Well, the reason that we proposed uh, these uh, these uh, requirements uh, is that we know they work, uh, and we are confident in our ability uh, legally uh, to uh, make these happen across the country. Uh, as you know, uh, the federal government, the largest employer in the country, we have successfully implemented these requirements in a way that has not only boosted vaccinations in the federal government with more than 92 percent of people vaccinated, but also helps avoid disruptions in operations. Uh, and our implementation sends a clear message to businesses, including federal contractors, that similar measures will protect their workforce, protect their customers, and protect our communities. I'd also note that a number of businesses across the country have also implemented these uh, requirements, vaccinating or testing requirements, depending on the organization. And the CEO of Lockheed said last week that there are at at, uh, they are at over 95% on track to be compliant and are well on their way to be able to maintain operations. So I would just note, of course, uh, the Department of Justice will vigorously defend uh, this in court, but we know it works. That's why the president and the administration will continue pressing forward. Man, I don't like that chick. I mean, first off, we know it works. Well, what she's saying there is we know that if we force you to do something, most people fall in line. Just because you think you have the power to do it and because a lot of people are sheep doesn't mean it's good. It also depends what you mean by works, meaning it works that you force people to get vaccinations, that they need another vaccination and another booster and now Omicron is coming and Unicron and again and again and again and again. So it, it works is a bit of a, eh, you're being a little sloppy there. Uh, but the line really, we are confident in our ability legally to make these happen across the country. Uh, no, lady, a federal judge just said no. She's saying we're confident in our ability, legally. No, the federal judge, you know, Saki, if you're watching, I don't know if you know this, what you do as a press secretary is you lie, right? So the administration comes in, they tell you, can you message our bullshit? And we wanna force people to do things that are unconstitutional because we do have a right to privacy. You have a right to choice, right? Okay, we, th these are things we've had in America for a long time. But Joe or who's ever pulling Joe's puppet strings says, Saki, you gotta tell people that we're doing this thing. So they come in with this ridiculous mandate, right? She says it's legal. The judge then says, and judges are the ones who decide what's legal. Judges, they do this crazy thing. They get a lot of papers in front of them. It's nuts, I've got papers here too. They get papers and they look at what the law says and then they analyze the law and then they debate it with other judges and then it goes through the courts and we have lower level courts and we have circuit courts and sometimes, Jen, things move all the way up to the Supreme Court and those are the ultimate deciders of what is legal or not. You, you soulless freak, are not a legal expert. So just because you say it's legal, well, a judge, a federal judge, just said it ain't, and people are sick of your bullshit, and I think we are getting to a tipping point. I think people have had it with these people. I, I talked to a lot of people yesterday, and I know what who I talked to may be somewhat self-selecting and all of that, but I think people are sick of the mandates altogether. Even the people who were going along with it the entire time are now going, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I did, I did my uh, shot, I did my second shot, I did my booster. Now Fauci and the rest of them are saying, oh, this doesn't even count as fully vaccinated and why isn't the country fully open and why am I still showing a passport and why do they still want me wearing a mask? So you know what, Fauci, you know what, Saki, you know what, Biden, keep pushing, keep pushing at this point. Keep going, keep going, keep going because we've got midterms coming and I think you guys are in for a wake up call that is going to be rather extraordinary. But if you don't think Saki is bad enough herself, and I had to debate this morning whether I was gonna show this clip, because you know my policy, I'm trying to only show you the, the good clips about COVID, and I thought that showing again that she's lying as it comes to dealing with the vaccine mandates, I thought that was a positive one. But then we saw this clip this morning. This is uh, Fauci over on uh, Andrea Mitchell's show on MSNBC, and again, it, I, it's very important to me that you guys, when you're watching MSNBC, you must keep in mind these people are broadcasting from a mental institution. They're not well, they don't know what's going on. They have a complete psychotic break from reality. Anyway, Andrea Mitchell uh, asked Fauci about the mandates and listen to what he says and tell me if you think he's a good guy or a bad guy. There's so much opposition now in Congress and of course the states, even in democratic states, Governor Whitmer in Michigan and other places, this is becoming just a political test and the outlook in the outlook is not at all a sure thing in the court system. Is there any thought of backing off of that and trying to avoid you know, all the outcry against it? Yeah, but you know, Andrea, we, we really have to get people vaccinated. I mean, I understand and we all understand how people do not like to be told what to do. They wanna make their own choice and their own free will. I get that and I respect that, but these are unusual times. And you can't think only of yourself and your own personal opinion, but you've got to think about your communal responsibility to get yourself and your family and indirectly then the community protected. So I would prefer, and we all would prefer that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not gonna do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular, but that clearly supersede individual choices and are directed predominantly at the communal good. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about requirements. He is not a good man. I, Anthony Fauci is a collectivist. He's basically a communist, Marxist, whatever you wanna call him at this point, that you have to put aside what you think. You have to put aside the autonomy over your body and your mind. Why do you have to do it for the common good? Well. It seems he might've dropped the ball on the common good, seeing as we're two years into this thing and he's been in charge the entire time. And if the vaccines worked, and I know, I know I'm not a scientician, I'm not. If the vaccines worked, then if you were vaccinated and a crazy right-wing white supremacist lunatic who was unvaccinated walked past you, it wouldn't matter because you were vaccinated but they don't even believe in the vaccinations and they don't even, and, and they don't believe in the constitution, that's very obvious. And everything he's saying there is antithetical to everything that the United States is founded upon. By the way, Anthony Fauci has no power over you. Do you know that? Like, yeah, he's the head of the NIH. He's allowed to make recommendations and he's allowed to spew his nonsense on propaganda networks, but he can't force you to do anything yet. I don't know how long that will, that will last. I mean, the clock is running out here. But this is what I mean, and when I played this clip at, within the context of that it's positive, it's like enough, enough. I've just had enough, and I, I don't think I'm the only one. I've had enough 
of this person listening to him as if he has any right, or it's not even any right. I know he has no right to tell me what to do, but at this point, if you give him any uh, of your respect when it comes to any of this, you're, you're making a serious, serious mistake. Uh, sometimes you've gotta give up, in essence, your rights for the communal good. Sometimes, you know, you shouldn't say what you think. Sometimes you shouldn't do what you think is right. You should just leave it up to unelected bureaucrats. That's what you should do. That's what you should do. Or don't. That's the positive part. Or don't. Uh, all right, guys, the third story, uh, you know Robert E. Lee. He was the leader of the Confederate Army. It's a part of our history that we had a civil war. Uh, well, Charlottesville, Virginia, which obviously a couple years ago, there was the incident in Charlottesville with actual white supremacists who were chanting and marching through Charlottesville. And it was all because they were gonna take down a statue of Robert E. Lee. And uh, now they are going to take down a statue of Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville and they're gonna melt it and turn it into a social justice thingamajig. Uh, we've got a quote here from the newspaper that is now known as the New York Times, but it's really not a newspaper, but we went with the New York Times because I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be, you know, give you a plurality of opinions around here. The city council of Charlottesville, Virginia voted on Tuesday to donate a statue of Robert E. Lee to an African-American heritage center that plans to melt the bronze monument, the focus of a deadly white nationalist rally in 2017 into material for a new piece of public art. The four to zero vote by the council followed years of debate over the fate of the statue. Four years ago, a plan to remove the statue drew scores of white nationalists to Charlottesville for a Unite the Right rally that led to violence, including the killing of a counter-protester by an Ohio man who plowed a car into a crowd. After taking it down, the city accepted proposals from bidders who wanted the Lee statue and a nearby statue of Stonewall Jackson, another Confederate general, that was also removed. So, okay, so let's back up because this is, a, this is a big thing. This was one of the key moments over the last couple of years. Charlottesville, very fine people on both sides, white supremacists, like the whole thing, right? It all boiled down over the last couple of years in some ways to this very moment in Charlottesville. So what they are gonna do now is they're gonna take that statue, they're gonna melt it, they'll turn it into some social justice thing, I don't know, a George Floyd Memorial or okay, whatever they're gonna do. Now that's, I suppose, the city council's choice and if that's what they're gonna do, that's what they're gonna do. Now, as I always say with these uh, statue removal stories, it's like, does any of this make us more tolerant? Does anyone feel that we are becoming a more tolerant, a more open society because of any of this? Are we turning to our neighbor and looking at that neighbor and giving them the benefit of the doubt because of any of this? Or is it making us actually more polarized? Is it oddly making everything more racist? Have we unearthed some stuff that we had put down for a long time? I think the answer to that is probably yes. Uh, but the reason I wanted to do this story is not so much that they're gonna melt this thing and turn it into some weird social justice statue that's just fine if so they choose. Um, but this is the moment that really broke a lot of people. When you talk about Trump breaking people and the media lying about everything. So now I'm gonna show you the video right after the Charlottesville incident. This is Donald Trump talking about the white supremacist, talking about canceling historical figures and talking about very fine people on both sides. And you just see for yourself if this video is the way that it's framed when you hear about this on mainstream media. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. 
You had people in that group. Excuse me. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down, excuse me, are we going to take down, are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Did you get the last three seconds of that? He absolutely, in his words, totally condemns the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists. When he's talking about very fine people on both sides, he is talking about very fine people on both sides of whether you should take down these statues. Because if you take down a Robert E. Lee statue, as he points out, well, then you're gonna have to take down George Washington statues and you're gonna have to take down Thomas Jefferson statues, which of course, that is what the woke progressives are coming to do. Now, what's interesting about that clip, and I know you guys know this because you watch this show and you're not brainwashed, you know, NPC blue check buffoons. Um, he did do that and it's been debunked a gajillion times, but most people don't know that. Most people don't know that right after he said very fine people on both sides, which became a rallying cry for the left in mainstream media that Donald Trump is, is a racist and a white supremacist, even though he condemned them just seconds later, which they never show. That became a rallying cry. What most people don't know is that moment of Trump right there, that is why Joe Biden said he was running for president. So now we're gonna show you a minute of Joe Biden's campaign launch video. And this is actually quite extraordinary. I wish other people in mainstream media would cover this sort of thing because Joe Biden decided to run for president because of Charlottesville. That's exactly what he said. And this is a minute of his campaign ad. Take a look. It was there on August of 2017, we saw Klansmen and white supremacists and neo-Nazis come out in the open. Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging and burying the fangs of racism, chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And they were met by a courageous group of Americans and a violent clash ensued and a brave young woman lost her life. And that's when we heard the words of the President of the United States that stunned the world and shocked the conscience of this nation. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? You see what he did right there? You see what he did? So just know that Joe Biden in his campaign launch video where he talks about the reason that he got back into politics after stepping away for four years was because Trump was racist. Trump was basically a white supremacist. Trump did not condemn white supremacists and neo-Nazis. And I just show you the video that he did. I don't even mean to make this all about Trump, but this is what it's all about. We are being fed lies and lies and lies and more lies. And until people are woken up from those lies, it is just going to continue. It just 
ain't gonna stop. So Joe Biden launched his campaign on a lie. Are you a Biden supporter? May wanna think about that, may wanna think about that. Uh, all right, guys, we have one more for you, which is actually directly related to all of this and I think will be a nice way to, to button the show. Uh, you know, yesterday I showed you a video of a 92-year-old Holocaust survivor uh, who survived Auschwitz. That was really the most brutal of all the concentration camps. Um, and talking about how this stuff, the, the creeping side of authoritarianism, how it happens incrementally. First, you sort of talk about those people in that certain way. Those people are diseased. Those people are dirty. Those people are greedy, those people are evil, then you say those people shouldn't be on those benches because there's other benches they can be on and they shouldn't be at our schools because they can have their own schools and they shouldn't go on these buses and they shouldn't go into these theaters. Maybe they shouldn't shop at the same hours as us and the series of things that happen slowly because now it's very strange what's happened to all of us in the last two years. If you would have asked most people two years ago, like how did the Nazis come to power? How could something so obviously evil come to power, most people really wouldn't know. You wouldn't really understand. Yeah, you could read it in a textbook and you could go, oh, there was this guy Hitler and he was this really great speaker and Germany was really upset after World War I and they were economically depressed and they needed a scapegoat and you can sort of intellectualize it at some level. Uh, but how does that get you to, oh, we're going to exterminate six million of our people. We're going to launch a war and, and millions and millions of Russians are gonna be killed and we're gonna rampage across Europe and all of those things. And how do you turn citizen against citizen and make people that were neighbors, next thing you know, literally shooting their neighbors and having them dig their own ditches and all the extraordinary horrors that are almost too crazy to mention, right? How does it happen? Well, I think if you asked most people two years ago, they would have given you some intellectual version of it, where in the last two years, I think we can all kind of see it at this point. You can kind of see it. You can kind of see how for two years you would demonize, demonize. Those people shouldn't go on planes, happening in Canada right now. Those people shouldn't go on trains, happening in Canada right now. Those people should be put in quarantine camps, special camps for them, happening in Australia right now. Uh, those people shouldn't be able to go into certain stores without showing their papers, happening in New York City right now, happening in Los Angeles right now. So the slow creep of these things is, I think, showing us something very, very evil, but very important to know about human nature. Anyway, yesterday I saw a clip of Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan's show. This is from about four years ago. So this is before, uh, obviously before COVID and all that, before lockdowns, before masks and all that. It's also right at the beginning of when Jordan was sort of catching on. And one of the things that I find so interesting about it is, is when you see someone from years ago that was talking about things that are now so relevant. So with all that in mind, uh, here's a quick clip of Jordan talking about the warning signs and how things can get much worse before you even know it. Things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I encroach, I, if I encroach on you and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again and you agreed. And if anybody's interested in this sort of process, and this is a horrifying book, if you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men by Robert Browning. 
I actually ordered Ordinary Men last night. Um, so I will read the book and, and hopefully I can uh, share some more of those ideas with you. But does that sound familiar? Does that kind of sound like what's happening right now? Do you think history repeats itself? Do you think human nature is what it is and Nazis just don't miraculously show up like that? Do you think you slowly dehumanize people? Do you think you slowly otherize people and next thing you know, good people are doing horrible things? Good people are ratting on their neighbors. Good people are assaulting people because they're not wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. Could it all actually be happening right now? I don't know, what do you think? Let me know. Uh, a couple comments from the locals community throughout the show. Mark says, uh, did Elon get into a fight with a barber because he lost? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's uh, you know, I appreciate the, the short sides and the longer top. I've been rocking it for a long time. I'm a little long on the sides right now, uh, but he's going full on like crazy mode there, mop up top. Uh, let's say uh, Peter says, Dave is making my cat libertarian. I feel like all cats are libertarian. Cats, cats don't like rules. Cats want to do what, cats are anarchists actually. And a cat, I don't like cats. You guys know my feelings on cats. I don't like cats. I'm allergic to cats. Never have liked cats. But I've had friends with cats and I don't, I, you know, I try not to go to their houses too often because I can't breathe. But you know, a cat will always be looking at you in the distance like it's about to kill you. I like a dog. You know, they come up to you. They think about you. They want to be scratched. They want, you know, they want to play with you. They want to lay on you. They want to play fetch. That's a pleasant animal. The cat thing, I just don't get it. But you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to otherize or demonize cat people. So if you are a cat person, tell me why. Maybe I need to become a little more tolerant towards cats. So please tell us uh, in the Ruben Report community. That's where I check most of the comments. Uh, Hank says, you know, I think Fauci missed his calling as a Bond villain. Man, he is a Bond villain. And he's not even that good of a Bond villain because he's so transparent, you know? Oh, it's just absolutely terrible. Uh, guys, part one of my interview with Kaylee McEnany, former White House press secretary, is up right now on YouTube. And uh, the full thing, of course, is up early and ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, tomorrow is a round table. No, tomorrow's not a round table. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow is a regular show. It's a Q&A as we always do. You can get your questions submitted right now at rubenreport.locals.com. And then our Friday show is the round table. We've got Matt Ridley, Elijah Schaefer, and Jake Baquette. And uh, I have to say people, I, I promised a lot today. You know, at the top of the show, I said it was gonna be a primo show. And if it was not for my mistake just 10 seconds ago, you know, thinking that tomorrow is Friday for just a sheer moment, I would have said absolute flawless A plus perfection. Are you gonna grant me a little leeway on that one? You know what I mean? Like I got the day wrong, I'm looking at the guest panel. That's for you to decide. Let us know in the comments. Good seeing you everybody, more tomorrow, adios. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.